0: The magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Everybody knows I got the magic in me. When I hit the floor, the girls come snapping at me. Now everybody wants a so breast of magic, magic, magic. Magic,
1: magic, 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 oh,
0: ooh, I got the magic in me. but I let temple blow your mind. Pick a verse, any verse, I hypnotize you with every line. I need a volunteer, how about you, with the eyes. Come on down to the front, stand right here and don't be shy. I have you time traveling, have your mind babbling.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer I'm Dan Rhino
0: I'm Jessica Rhino
1: And this is episode 115 As we discuss chapter 22 Of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Uh, Before we get to chapter 22 though Let's talk about what happened last time In chapter 21 The Eye of the Snake In the eye of a snake There is hunger Oh For just a moment
0: what you did
1: there. Uh, Hermione is trying to keep Hagrid out of trouble by planning his lessons for him. Hagrid is indeed back to teaching at Hogwarts, and he's doing so with open bloody wounds on his face.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, he just fell down the stairs, no big deal.
1: And of course, instead of keeping his head down and teaching moderate lessons that won't attract negative attention from Umbridge... Hagrid leads the students in the for, into the Forbidden Forest while carrying half a dead cow over his shoulder.
0: Sounds about right for him.
1: Uh, we meet the Thestrals again, the same creatures that were pulling the student wagons at Hogwarts earlier, and only a few of the students can actually see them, that being the ones who have also seen death.
0: Yeah, just two? Uh,
1: there was random Slytherin boy number six. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: And Neville and Harry. Hagrid, Hagrid. did Umbridge see them? I'm sure she she did. Oh, good
0: question.
1: I'm sure she's seen death in her life. Probably. Yeah, probably at the at the end of her wand. Hmm. Ooh. Uh, I know it's a strong accusation. I shouldn't throw accusations like that around uh, without evidence. But uh, Umbridge does show up, and she and Hagrid can't seem to understand each other, and end up doing some. Funny sign language back and forth. We have the final meeting of Dumbledore's army before Christmas break. And Harry and Cho share a very weird kiss at the end of the meeting. Am I boring you? No. You're yawning no, over there. No,
0: <laughs> I just haven't gotten a lot of sleep.
1: Uh, Harry has a very speaking of sleep. Harry has a very vivid dream. Wakes up with his scar hurting, but in this dream, Harry envisions himself as a snake who violently attacks Arthur Weasley. Neville runs to get help in the form of Professor McGonagall Who takes Harry to see Dumbledore
0: Yep, that sums it up
1: Thanks Good uh, job Chapter 22 <laughs> we're going to talk about today St. Mungo's Hospital for Ma- Magical Maladies and Injuries
0: Yes I was excited I mean, excited's probably the wrong word It but probably I, is I thought we were going to get to something that you don't know about And we didn't get there I have to wait till the next
1: one. Well, let's talk about what did happen. McGonagall takes Harry and Ron to see Dumbledore. Well past midnight, and before they enter Dumbledore's office, they could swear they heard Dumbledore talking to a big group of people. Yeah. Uh, Harry tells his story about what happened in his vision. Uh, describe how Dumbledore's acting while Harry is talking in this chapter.
0: Um, He's not looking at him all of every, everything in his office is just a little off like everything's been shut down like usually it says that all the instruments are usually whirling and clinking and everything's kind of shut down i guess it's okay it's the middle of the night but it's just his office is not the normal place we're used to and all the portraits are pretending to be asleep so i don't know it just it set a strange vibe for his office but it said he was looking at his hand, his folded hands, and he wouldn't look up at Harry. He was just looking at his fingers.
1: So weird. Like Dumbledore won't even look at him, mm-hmm. and and we know that Dumbledore, the relationship with Harry and Dumbledore is very different in this book. But I mean, it, it kind of harkens back to the trial that Harry had to go through, where Dumbledore wouldn't even really acknowledge Harry's presence, just kind of went in, said his piece, and. And got out, didn't wait for Harry to come out, say anything to him. I mean, the relationship between those two has really kind of taken a a dour turn in this book. And I think that this, and I think that the way Dumbledore is acting toward Harry in this chapter is really a perfect example of that dour turn that that relationship has taken.
0: It's definitely not, you know, what we expect. And he's in his office, so you're thinking, "Oh, he's away from prying eyes." Umbridge isn't seeing it. Prying
1: maybe. eyes watching you.
0: Are <laughs> <Or> watching woo <laughs> as he digs the bed across the room. Um, but we think maybe this is it. Maybe this is the moment that they, you know, really get to talk because it's just him and Ron and McGonagall, all people who are like inner circle people no way it's going to get back to umbrage but no we're still standoffish beyond standoffish yeah we'll
1: be, we're beyond that yeah it's it's like intentionally almost, avoiding yeah i like going dumbledore's going out of his way to make it uncomfortable for for all parties and you can kind of see that in harry's reaction to dumbledore as well i mean there was even a line where Harry said Like said something to himself like He can't even like stand, Like look at me when I'm talking to him Or something like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean Harry really seems like a bit ang- angry 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 He's
0: Angry, not angry little boy. Are, you, are you
1: angry <laughs> uh, Angry toward Dumbledore You know based and, and we've seen that based on the change in their relationship The last several months Harry came into this book Already upset because he felt like he was kept out of the loop about things that really pertained to him. Leading up to uh, learning about the Order of the Phoenix and leading up to going back to Hogwarts and everything. This is just another notch in the belt of Harry kind of feeling uncomfortable and angry toward Dumbledore as well.
0: Sorry, I'm nodding along. If you're saying all of those things. I'm like, uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, those things.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm just gonna get a drop put that on the drop board and I can just record myself. I'll just say a bunch of stuff and then go,
0: yes. Yes. Yes, Daniel, you're correct.
1: There was even a time that I noticed that when Dumbledore asked Harry a question, he didn't even look at Harry for the response. He looked at Ron. Which is So, like, (laughs) (laughs) passive-aggressive. Dumbledore Dumbledore is really, like like I said, going out of his way to make things uncomfortable here.
0: Yeah, check on Ron, too. I mean, his dad just got hurt.
1: Well, let's talk portraits. All of the portraits in Dumbledore's office are of former headmasters at Hogwarts, is that right? Yes. So, that must have been who Dumbledore was talking to, but it seems that... Dumbledore doesn't just talk to these former headmasters. These headmasters can travel between other paintings of them. Yes. And we know that...
0: <laughs> I just realized I'm doing it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, the 115 episodes of, of that. Yes. Yes. Like, I set you up for this big like, you know, uh, monologue. and Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. But we've seen in the past where like paintings that are in the same room Like I think Sir Galahad if, if, I don't even remember If that was his name But he was the one that could He would go into other people's paintings And stuff like that and So we knew that that was possible But we find out in this chapter That it's p- possible to Go into other paintings of yourself In totally other locations
0: It's very handy
1: It is But is this something that Is only extremely powerful wizards can do is this just that only something that only the former headmasters can do which i guess would kind of in turn be powerful witches and wizards
0: no um it i think it's just part of the portrait magic i mean in the very first episode we learn episode but he first gets on the train and he gets the Chocolate Frog card. Mm-hmm. Harry gets a Chocolate Frog card, and then he he gets Dumbledore. But then Dumbledore leaves, and mm-hmm. Ron's like, "Yeah, you can't expect him to just sit there all day. He's got, you he know, goes to other places." So, it seems to be any portrait they can just bounce around.
1: That is very handy. It is. I mean, that's you
0: know, you got to be careful who you have portraits of in your house. That's
1: true. That's that's very true. I mean, because that could be that could be used for. For good or for nefarious reasons, mm-hmm. you would think. Um, Dumbledore sets a couple of the headmasters out on little side quest to try to to try to locate Mister Weasley, and they're able to pretty quickly find out that Mister Weasley has been taken to St Mungo's, a uh, wizarding hospital, and that Mister Weasley looks to be in bad shape, like Harry saw in his vision. Uh, Dumbledore tells McGonagall to gather the rest of the Weasley children and, and instructs another former headmaster, Phineas, to travel to his other painting. And where is that other painting located?
0: At the Black Estate. Yes. Where Sirius is. The House of Black. The House of Black.
1: And I think Phineas was even worried that, oh, he... He might have destroyed that painting because I'm guessing Phineas was...
0: I don't think he's uh, actually worried. He just didn't want to participate. <laughs> like, well, they don't have to be cooperative, but he got shamed into being cooperative.
1: Yeah, and like one of the other portraits threatened him. <laughs> you want me to make him go? <laughs> but I think... Uh, so I guess we find out that Phineas was like Ceres' great, great... Grandfather, grandfather or, or something, something like that yeah so he's part of the the black family lineage so there's a chance that he might not be the most cooperative mm-hmm. person because we've seen some of the other <laughs> some of the other branches on on sirius's family tree and not all great uh great people when it comes down no, to no
0: no and you know how you know i'm not at the school anymore, but I know how teachers to talk about. You know, if you have a principal, It makes the kind of principal you have makes a big difference mm-hmm. at your school. Could you just imagine going to Hogwarts under Headmaster Phineas Black?
1: Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting, you know. Like you said, leadership is a is a a big thing, and it all kind of runs downhill from there. But from what we know about. What Sirius thinks about his family tree There's not a lot of uh, uh, Quality branches coming off of that tree
0: No I don't think there are any until him And then you have to wonder Where he got that from Like I know the sorting house Sorted him into Gryffindor There had to be something in there But also then just kind of you know, Company you keep He started hanging out with better people hmm you know, if he'd been sorted into Slytherin, would he have ended up just like the rest of his family?
1: And we have learned that the Sorting Head does take into account what the the person that's being sorted wants. wants. too. yeah. I and mean, that's not the end-all be-all, but maybe the Sorting Head could kind of tell that Sirius wanted to distance himself from, uh, from his family a little bit and maybe kind of create his own legacy or... Or whatever and maybe that's why uh, That's I'm sure part of the reason Why Sirius didn't end up In Slytherin So Phineas goes back to uh, Sirius and basically tells Sirius To expect uh, some, A drop in from the kids
0: A <laughs> whole, whole Bunch of kids just dumped at his house uh,
1: Dumbledore devises A port key in order to send Harry and the Weasleys To Sirius' house And there's kind of another odd moment Right before the crew is sent Harry gets another feeling from the scar And it's kind of interesting Because this was really the first time That Dumbledore looked at Harry all chapter mm-hmm. Was when the, the scar began to hurt I think uh, Dumbledore was like counting one, two, three When he got to two Harry's scar starts hurting And Harry kind of like said later That he almost had this This itch to just jump on Dumbledore and like you know rip his neck open (laughs) with his fangs which he doesn't have
0: yeah he felt like just anger Mm -hmm. rise up inside of him he felt like the snake again and he wanted to attack Dumbledore
1: and I'm wondering if so why do you think Dumbledore looks at Harry is it because he saw Something with the scar? Is it because he felt something, um like the presence of Voldemort or something like that? I, I I don't know because that was the first time that Dumbledore really acknowledged Harry's presence.
0: I think I don't really know why he looked at him right then. Other than I just kind of took it as like like a quick peek check kind of deal. Like I'm gonna check on it. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going. He's going to be focused on this. And I'm just going to take a quick look at him. Um, I thought it was just, yeah, just a quick check. Gotcha. You know, if there's somebody in the room and you're trying to avoid contact with them, you also are, like, drawn to taking a quick peek. Are they still looking at me? Is this still awkward? Is this how they, how is, you know, trying to read them? How is this go? How did they assess
1: the situation? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Harry is retelling his vision to the Weasley Kids in series, but he leaves out a pretty key detail, doesn't he
0: yeah, he um because Dumbledore asked him specifically, "Where were you in the room? Were you like hovering above I was in my bed that's side? where I was
1: We just <laughs> was sleeping
0: and Harry even said he asked the question like he already knew the answer, and he answered, "I was the snake and you know, that's weird. And you really don't want to tell your besties that you had a vision of yourself as a snake trying to murder their dad.
1: When their dad was, at that exact time, being trying, attempted murder by a snake.
0: Yes. So, you just you just don't really want to be the person the, or the thing causing the harm. Mm-hmm. So, he kind of left that bit out and was like, how can I make this just a little less awkward for me? Sure.
1: Uh, Molly shows up the next morning, says that Arthur is doing better, looks like he's going to pull through, but there's a big difference in this chapter between how other people are feeling about Harry and how Harry feels about himself, because Molly is grateful that Harry had the vision, because otherwise they may not have found Arthur in time to save him. Sirius uh, says something about how, you know, it's a good thing you had that vision, or you know, we might not have been able to find Arthur in time. You know, Arthur is, of course, very thankful later on in the chapter. Uh, one of the Weasley twins says, oh, you should, you got to come in. He's only seeing family, but you're, your family, you're, you're the one who saved him. But Harry's not feeling that, that, those same positive vibes, is he?
0: No, I mean, when you feel your fake fangs sink into your friend's dad, I don't think you, you feel real good about that.
1: It's almost any
0: like way anybody tries to spin it you're that he experienced it he felt it yeah you know people can spin it all the ways they want but and it was true if they hadn't found there were so many good things they, if they had if Harry hadn't had the vision they wouldn't have found him in time and uh Sirius points out they wouldn't have come up with a good excuse of why he was where he was mm-hmm. and covered all I mean they were able to cover everything up basically. Because and get everybody in the right spots to be prepared to deal with this. That they wouldn't have been able to do if Harry hadn't, you know, clued them into what was going on pretty much right when it happened.
1: And Harry feels, you know, almost like, did I cause this? Am I responsible for this? Because there, there has to be some negative connection to me here. It can't just be all positive. Like I saw this happen, and we were able to, to save Arthur. There's got to be some part of it where Harry feels like, if I was looking through the snake's eyes, is there something wrong with me? Is there something, you know, inside of me that's uh, making these, willing these things into existence? I don't know, but Harry's got to be feeling a. Just a, a multitude of different emotions right now.
0: Well, there's no precedent for this. Like even later, Tonks on the bus was kind of asking him, or the train was asking him, "Oh, you have see her in your in your family?" It's not like he and she, then she kind of rationalizes that, "Oh, you're not seeing the future; you're seeing the present." Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's not just seeing it; he's actively participating mm-hmm. in it. He feels like those a virtual things.
1: reality thing.
0: And um, so I think that makes it a lot harder for him. To figure out... You can't figure it out because it's not something that's known.
1: So we're headed to the namesake of our chapter here. St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Uh, describe where it is and how it's hidden.
0: I enjoyed this little bit. They don't really get into all of this in the movies. Mm-hmm. So this was a little bit of the stuff you don't... You don't get from the movies that you don't know already. Um... So it's like, it's on a busy street. There's It's Christmas time. Everybody's sh- out shopping. It's just very, very busy. And there's like one beat-up, tattered department store that's closed for construction or remodeling or whatever. And um, the mannequins are in sad shape. They're like 10 years out of date with their fashion. And they just walk up to the glass and talk to one of the mannequins and it's a lot like uh the brick wallet platform Mm -hmm. nine and three quarters where you can just go through
1: but there's tons of muggle shoppers around with their Mm -hmm. bags shopping for christmas stuff and i think one of the muggles even makes a comment like that store is never open or something like that i just to me it seems like that would to have a department store that's been vacant seemingly to muggle eyes for for that long in a prime shopping spot you would think that at some point some but some business owner would have looked into trying to buy that location or you know i don't know so i i guess just the the wizarding yeah. world is just paying muggle rent on this <laughs> building yeah
0: they probably well, they probably own it all right it's theirs so yeah, we
1: still got to pay like property taxes and things yeah, like that every year.
0: Yeah, kind of. But, yeah, they, somebody might have wanted to buy it and inquired, I, and they've just been like, no, it's not for sale. We're working on it.
1: <laughs> we'll get it done.
0: We're getting we're, it done.
1: We're, we're, we're doing stuff There's a it.
0: lot that has to go on behind the scenes, you know, building codes and permits. So We're just waiting on that permit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the city's always behind.
1: Yeah. well, if you you live in the St. Louis area, you know that that's the construction, <laughs> that's the highway construction game. Always, we're working on it.
0: We're working we're on. We're getting
1: it. this permit,
0: and we're gonna start fixing that too. While we're at it, let's like, no, that No, no,
1: let's do one at a time. No,
0: no, we're waiting <laughs> on something over here. We're gonna we go tear that one up too.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating in the highway game in, in St. Louis, but I'm sure it's like that everywhere.
0: Did you know they're building another bridge?
1: Across what?
0: Uh, <laughs> the Mississippi.
1: We've got a, already got a bunch of No,
0: them. the one two seventy over in Illinois. I guess it's gonna they're gonna take it down because they're building another one right next to it.
1: Insane. Insane. What's I wrong mean, with the, the other they one? They still
0: have the Route sixty six bridge that they didn't do anything. Like it's just there. It's Just there. That's it's like a walking there. bridge now. Isn't it? Yeah, because it can't hold like cars. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: go ahead and walk. Why are you walking on it then? If it if it can't support weight.
0: I don't know, it's like part of a park
1: You walk across that all the time
0: Yeah, well, we haven't in a while But yeah Make
1: sure you take a small group when you go Yeah,
0: we're not, it's a Basenji club It's not a big group
1: Okay, make sure you don't weigh more than a car All we'll combined we,
0: And we spread out Everybody spread you
1: know? out <laughs> You don't want to like put too much weight on one side of the bridge Or, yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. Okay uh, But St. Right. Mungo's has different floors for different issues, right?
0: Yes, I loved this scene mm-hmm. and it really didn't matter for the story, but it was just fun. No, it's
1: a, it's a little, you know, peek into the day-to-day uh functions of the wizarding world.
0: All of the ailments going on sitting in the waiting room, mm-hmm. the lady that was like whistling like a teapot and the guy, boy who had the shoes that were hurting his feet. He couldn't get them off. He yeah. couldn't take them off and he couldn't stand to have them on and uh, the girl that was had wings, and the dad was holding her ankle. Like said, looked <laughs> like he was holding a balloon, and she's yeah. just flying around.
1: But they have. We find out that they have muggle patients from time to time too.
0: Yes. When um, when things go wrong, magical things go uh, wrong, and they afflict a muggle. Then yeah. you gotta.
1: Because normally you can kind of just do like the Obliviate, Men in Black, flashy mm-hmm. thingy and fix their memory but oh it,
0: do- oh it bit off some of their fingers yeah somebody so they had, had to like the,
1: somebody had the the knockers on uh on the door knockers they had mm-hmm. like bewitched them to you know bite fingers off mm-hmm. so we can't just erase this muggle's memory
0: we got to we, we got to
1: get their fingers back first and then we, gotta erase and then we can flashy thing yeah so it's it's uh, it's an interesting place for sure But we go to visit Mr. Weasley The kids go in first Arthur is super thankful toward Harry And Arthur is feeling a ton better But he can't check out of the hospital Because his wounds won't stop bleeding yeah.
0: He's like Oh no I feel great I, If we could take these bandages off I would go home today Like, Why,
1: why don't we just take, take them off
0: Oh I bleed really bad When I do that they just bleed everywhere
1: so is this in any way related to what Hagrid has going on with his face?
0: Do you want me to answer that?
1: Mm, that means yes. No. Yes, yes
0: it does. No, it's, yep. a, it's a no. Nope. It,
1: uh, it's a yes. No, it's no! <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a moment where Arthur almost spills the beans about several Order of the Phoenix uh, pieces of business... When Fred asks if the attack had been in the newspaper, Arthur's answer is cut off pretty quickly by Molly.
0: Yeah, well, she tries to cut everybody off uh-huh. very quickly. Like, And really, I get that the kids are trying to get information, but he j- Arthur just pointed out all of the sick people in the room with them. Mm-hmm. They were, I, I was a little annoyed. I was like, you guys really should know better that we shouldn't be talking about what happened? Sure. And order for the Phoenix business in a public place. Like, come on. So the way annoyed.
1: the way Arthur says that, he says something like, "No, the newspaper wouldn't wouldn't want to get the word out that." And then Arthur or uh, Arthur kind of gets cut off by Mo- Molly. It kind of makes me think that Arthur was not Arthur when he was attacked. Was he. was maybe a little. uh. polyjuice potion? When he was attacked? Was Arthur, like, maybe. Oh! Not looking like himself when he
0: attacked? No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's the location. Hmm. Uh, we get a little further, one of the twins said that it was where, the, that Arthur was where the weapon was, mm-hmm. like, guarding it, and, you know, who's trying to get to the weapon, mm-hmm. and so if the ministry had a weapon of such, it would be in a secure location, right? So you wouldn't, I think it was, he was saying the ministry wouldn't want anyone to know that the snake gotcha. just got into a secure location.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Molly doesn't like where the conversation is going So she ushers the kids out And lets Tonks and Moody come in to see Arthur But the twins have several of their extendable ears on hand So they can hear everything that's being said And Molly says that Dumbledore's Almost been waiting for Harry to have these visions Uh, Moody says that there's Always been something weird about Harry and then talks about the possibility of Harry actually being possessed by Voldemort, and this causes all of the kids to get instantly fearful and kind of step away from Harry as our chapter ends.
0: Dun dun dun!
1: So, oh, as as uncomfortable as Harry has felt this whole book, now it seems that he's making his best friends a little uncomfortable.
0: We had to have that moment. Mm -hmm. Everybody was shocked. And then we had the shock value. Last line of the chapter. But also, like, Ron knows that Harry wasn't possessed. He didn't go and turn into a snake and attack his dad. He was in the bed the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, give it a couple of seconds to settle in and the shock to wear off and logic to kick in. Like, they know that he wasn't possessed. Mm -hmm. That that's not what's happening. We just needed the shock value for the last line of the chapter.
1: Well, either way, things are starting to get interesting. Uh, And as it relates to all the moving parts we've got going on in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And that is the end of chapter 22. Anything else you want to say about St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries? Because we do have an email.
0: Just the one thing about, you know, uh, you just said Molly had kind of said that It seemed like Dumbledore was waiting for something like this to happen Mm -hmm. and then just want to connect that back to Dumbledore's been avoiding Mm -hmm. Harry and that right there just it seems like those two things are connected.
1: And that's not going to help Harry's relationship with Dumbledore if Harry kind of finds out that Dumbledore knew something like this was going to happen and didn't prep him for it. Or you know didn't it's another example of Harry being kept on the outside of something that's obviously directly pertaining to him.
0: Yes, it's just more of keeping Harry in the dark.
1: Uh, our email comes to us, and I didn't prep you for this one, so I'm, I apologize if you're not prepared for it. Uh, but this one comes to us. At at broomsticks.butterbeer.gmail.com From Jonah in Springfield, Massachusetts
0: Hey Jonah There's there's Springfields everywhere isn't there? There is Springfields
1: everywhere I think Springfield, Massachusetts might have been where basketball was invented Oh Could be wrong
0: Jonah, let us know about that
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, let us know I think that's where the Hall of Fame is or not But I thought it was uh, The peach baskets (laughs) Were invented in Springfield, Massachusetts But I could be way wrong Uh, Jonah writes if the characters participated in a reality show competition, like Survivor or The Amazing Race, who do you think would win? So let's, I, I'm guessing you could take any character from the book if you're doing like a Survivor thing, or you could pick a couple of characters and make a team if you're doing like an Amazing Race thing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like I don't I don't watch Survivor, so I don't know a lot about Survivor. Mm-hmm. Like I've literally never seen an episode. But I do like Amazing Race. I prefer it when it's people that I know. So like when they do the celebrity ones mm-hmm. or the pretend celebrity ones.
1: Celebrity in air quotes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I, so I immediately started thinking about that. But then you have to put everybody in teams. And they typically do teams of two. And how mm-hmm. would you split people up in teams of two? Who's your
1: dream team?
0: Well, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are a team. Nope,
1: can't. can't you have can't. It. Can't have it.
0: So then, I guess you would just have Harry and Ron. I feel like Harry and Ron would have to go together because that's kind of like what boys do. But at the same time, I feel like they both feel rather have Hermione.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Harry and Hermione would do very well, or uh, Harry and uh, Ron would do very well.
0: I don't. I don't think so either.
1: I just. I think that there's there's a lot of potential there, but. They're just they're they're both very unsure of themselves, mm-hmm. and I think you have to have you have to have brains for something like the Amazing Race. You have to have brains. You have to have some some sort of athletic ability. You have to um, have to have confidence, you know, in in your decisions. And I just don't think that um, either one of them. I they're both smart, but they're not. You know, I don't think either one would be super good at. You know, solving puzzles or anything like that. Uh, if there was a life-size chess game, they'd be in good shape. Yeah, if, win that challenge. Or if there was a, a broom riding competition, mm-hmm. um, there are
0: a couple of challenges they might do well on.
1: I'm thinking, if we're doing the Amazing Race, I'm thinking Hermione would have to be on the dream team uh, because she's got a lot of things going for her. She's obviously one of the smartest. Um, she's Willing to take risks as we've, as we've seen in the past. But she also has a lot of muggle world experience, too. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of experience in the wizarding world and in the muggle world as well. And I'm guessing that a lot of the challenges would be, you know, muggle related. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be like a little extra advantage, her being muggle born over some of the other competitors. Uh, Even
0: Harry, because Harry, although he you know, grew up in a muggle household. He was very limited on his experiences. Mm -hmm. Like that one time going to the zoo was a big deal. He got to go do something, but that's not how Hermione grew up. Hermione grew up with parents that traveled and took her skiing and did this and did that. And like you said, she has a lot more world experience.
1: Um, I'll go, I'll go team girl power. I'll go Hermione and Jenny. (laughs)
0: That's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I was like, I think the boys would team up, because that's just, yeah. boys would stick with boys. Of course. And, you know, you can't ditch your, your bro, and...
1: Ron and Hermione would just argue the whole time. Oh, yeah.
0: Or he just sit... Th- yeah, they'd argue the whole time, and he'd just sit there, and she'd do everything. Yeah.
1: I think Harry and Hermione would be okay, but I think, I think Jenny would be an even better partner for oh, Hermione. Yeah.
0: Jenny and Hermione would win it all easy.
1: So, why do you? Because you were thinking along the same lines as me. What do you think uh, would be so beneficial having Jenny on your team?
0: Um. Well, you don't you don't know Jenny as well because you haven't gotten through all the books. Mm-hmm. Like we're just getting to where we kind of she's 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 speaking in front of Harry, yeah. so that's helpful. And it's we've talked about
1: how um, I don't remember if it was this book or the last book. Some there was something that happened and it kind of made 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 me jump back a little bit realize that for her age, Jenny is very capable and, and pre- pretty powerful. It has the makings of a pretty powerful witch. Uh, we know that she's got athleticism too because she's the new seeker on the Quidditch team. And um, I just don't see her and Hermione ever not being on the, the same page. I think they both would kind of know their role. Um, Hermione would probably be the, the strategist. Uh, you know If you need somebody to Carry a 80 pound backpack Up a hill and deliver eggs To so and so or whatever I think Jenny could do that no problem mm-hmm. uh, Because all all the Weasleys Are pretty athletic I think that um I don't know I just think that they would mesh Very well in a competition like
0: that Yep and going forward We will see the Hermione Jenny relationship get stronger mm-hmm. Um And it is to some point already. We just don't see it as much because we don't follow the girls around. It's always Harry and his point of view. So, but you got to figure, oh, they're in the girls' dormitory together all the time. Mm -hmm. And then they have, just like that little secret knowledge Hermione seemed to have about Cho. Yeah, And, oh, she's always in the bathroom crying. She's always doing this and this and this and this. It's like a whole nother world that we don't get to see. We only get little peeks at. Mm-hmm. But Jenny and Hermione are becoming go- really good friends, and um, yeah, I think, like you said, they they'd be on the same page. They have strengths that complement each other. Yeah. Um, and Jenny, she came off as this meek little child in the beginning, but she's she grew been, up with she's all been those through brothers. a lot of stuff and.
1: In the first four books, too. Mm -hmm. You know, she's been able to, you can tell that she, the Weasleys come from good stock because, you know, Jenny's been able to, you know, kind of overcome and and bounce back very well. I think we're probably going to get some angry emails that we didn't pick Fred and George to be the dream team.
0: I thought about them. Or at least they'd be, you know, how they would fare as a team. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like they get distracted.
1: <laughs> I think they're. I think <laughs> and they're not
0: really on the same age group, so I figured like I'd stay with the same. But although Jenny's younger,
1: yeah. But I think I think that there's there's an advantage to being very similar. In in any team based competition, there's there's an advantage to that, but I think there's also a disadvantage. You know, to having like if you're playing. Um, you know 2 on 2 basketball and one of your one of the people on your team is a a good outside shooter you probably want to complement them with somebody who's you know good playing closer to the basket if you've got if you kind of put all your eggs in one basket and say that i'm just going to get you know two outside shooters or two bruisers that are just going to you know play down low i think you're kind of limiting the scope of your abilities there you want to kind of have all your bases covered and i think team girl power would have all those bases covered.
0: Yeah, I um, when I think of the Amazing Race and teams that do well, it seems like you always have one person who's terrified of heights and the yeah. other one who's not. Yep. And you you need that one person balance. that has
1: has the iron stomach to yes. eat anything, and the other one, the that, one that, that that can't do it. Yeah, uh, one person that's good at the you know the more physical challenges, one that's more good at puzzles and things and details like that. and... Yeah. and Uh, what about? I know you and I both aren't from very familiar with Survivor. We're familiar with the concept though that people get voted off the island. Uh, so they
0: like, they like make alliances though, don't they? Yes, but they're really all on their own.
1: They're everybody's, it's every man or woman for themselves. Mm -hmm. But in order to get along in the competition, you have to get along with the other competitors. And if you're just a total jerk to everybody. You know, they'll just all vote you off You have to be kind of charming You have to be, uh, good with You know, physicality, you have to Be, um, and you Might even have to be a little Sneaky, too Mm -hmm. You know, making alliances With one person and making another one behind Somebody else's back, you have to be strategic With it, because it is every person For themselves So does anybody pop into your head For that? Um,
0: I don't know. I'm just trying to picture our group in that kind of setting. I mean, it would be easy for, like, Ron, Harry, Hermione, and Weasleys to kind of form their own alliance. Mm -hmm. It's hard to see how that would fall apart. I mean, I know it has to fall apart because of the show and the way it's structured. I'm just having trouble picturing how it would fall apart. What
1: about Draco? Somebody who who would have to be kind of... Sinister plotting behind the backs, but could be charming. Turn on the charm when he wants to. Uh, he's a Quidditch player too, so he's got they, some like, physical ability as if well. If none
0: of them knew him going in, but right. if they, if they, you know, knew from each other from school and went there, I'm thinking more along those lines. Of, like you took characters from the book and plunked them onto the show. But yeah, if he was,
1: well, I mean, if let's, they say, were all let's say he goes on, who Yeah, let's say he, let's see, say Draco goes on to a. A season of Survivor with just a bunch of, and, and they could be a mix of muggles and, and wizards from around the world, but it's, you know, total people that you don't know. Because when Draco first meets Harry, he is very, you know, charming toward Harry and kind of, if not for Ron being there, you know, Harry in search of any kind of friends he could get, he may have gravitated toward Draco and his crew.
0: Yeah, especially older Draco, who's a little more smooth. Mm-hmm. I feel like younger G- Draco, you're right. He was being kind of smooth. He does not have a, his flag he, yet. <laughs> but he shot himself in the foot when he made the comment. He didn't read things right yeah. with Harry and Ron. He could have slowly pulled Harry away from mm-hmm. Ron. But by just throwing those cards out there that I hate the Weasleys and things like that. That just kind of Yeah, he would have to back off
1: on it. the uh, the superiority Issue. complex that yeah. he has a little bit. Yeah.
0: And I feel like when he gets older, he kind of knows when to play it and when to hide it. So I think older Draco would probably do very well.
1: Gotcha. Well, thanks, Jonah, for the awesome email. We really appreciate it. I'll send us your awesome emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Or tweet us at BroomsticksB That's Broomsticks followed by the letter B No spaces, no underscores Or uh, join us on Facebook And you can send us messages through there as well Uh, I think that's going to do it for Chapter 22 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Uh, Thank you for everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing Uh, We'll be back next time with Chapter 23 But until then, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib But don't be a jerk Or a git And we'll see you then
0: Bye